on this Memorial Day 2020. Praise the Lord. Of course, I'm Bishop Smith. I'm excited to uh, encourage you through the Word of God today, uh, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Spotify, uh, wherever uh, you're tuning in. We want to say thank you so much and God bless you. We want to thank uh, all of our military, uh, those who have shed their lives uh, for us uh, to have the freedom that we have right now. So happy Memorial Day uh, to everyone. And let's go before the Lord in prayer. I have something uh, that I want to give you uh, on this Memorial Day that may be a blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to share this word uh, all over the nation uh, to your people that they may be encouraged, that they may hear your voice, oh God, that they may receive direction and guidance today. We thank you for it right now by faith. In the mighty name of Jesus and by his blood we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much again uh, for joining us. Well, I um, want to speak uh, in essence on the sovereignty of God, the sovereignty of God. Uh, but the, the title, if I could give this message a title, uh, it would be a necessary evil, a necessary evil. Um, I asked the Lord uh, what this pandemic uh, was all about. And these two words came uh, in my heart over and over again. It is necessary evil, a necessary evil. Uh, so, of course, uh, I began to study uh, the word of God and meditate uh, on his word so that I can get greater revelation and clarity. Um, listen to uh, a definition of a necessary evil. A necessary evil is an evil that someone believes must be done or accepted because uh, it is necessary to achieve a better outcome. Let me say that part again. A necessary evil is an evil that someone believes must be done or accepted because it is necessary to achieve a better outcome. Now, I'll go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. I want to read that to you as we talk about uh, this necessary evil on this Memorial Day 2020. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, if you were to jump over to Genesis chapter 6 with me, uh, verse 5, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, uh, look at what... Uh, Look at the contrast or the, what could seemingly be a contrast between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 6, uh, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Now, it would seem that the scriptures contradict itself between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 6. But the context of Genesis chapter 1 is God's creation of the earth and man. And evil was already present and man chose evil over God. Man chose evil uh, over God. So let's look at that. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 uh, verse 17. Genesis chapter 2 uh, verse 17. Uh, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And so we know that Adam chose evil. And so in order for Adam to choose evil, uh, evil must have already been present. Now, uh, so the question is, what is evil and where did evil come from? Because evil is so prevalent today. Evil comes from so many places. Uh, we need to have a basic understanding of what evil is and where evil came from. And let me say this, evil isn't necessarily a thing. 
Uh, I'm sorry, evil isn't necessarily an entity. Uh, evil is something uh, that an entity can use uh, for whatever reason. So here we are. Uh, look at this in Isaiah uh, chapter 45, verse 6 and 7 is what I'm going to read. Isaiah chapter 45, uh, verse 6 and 7. I want to read that, but I want you to understand that we're going to be talking about different types of evil. There is a natural evil, which um, uh, consists of things like uh, calamity, adversity. That's a natural evil. But then there's a moral evil. We talk about moral evil. We talk about the intent uh, of man's heart. And we, and we talk about moral evil. Uh, we talk about uh, sin or the sin nature. And then we can talk about supernatural evil. When we talk about supernatural evil, we talk about satanic evil. We talk about how the enemy manipulates and uses evil um, to uh, progress in his purpose. And so here we go. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 6. Verse 6 says that they may know from the rising of the sun, Isaiah chapter 45, verse 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west. Now, this is God speaking here uh, uh, to uh, Cyrus, the anointed king. He was a heathen king, but God had anointed him at this time. And God begins to explain to Cyrus who he is. He says that they may know from the rising of the sun from the west and from the west that there is none beside me. You hear that? God said that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. God is speaking into his sovereignty uh, to the nation and to the king at this time. He says, I am the Lord. There's none beside me and there is none else. And verse seven says, I form the light and I create darkness. I form the light and I create darkness. So we know he's speaking into uh, himself being created. He is El Ohim. He says, I form the light and I create darkness. And then he says, I make peace. And this is very important, what I'm about to say. And I create evil. Yes, you see it right there in Isaiah chapter 45, where God says, uh, in a sense, in essence, I create evil. I, the Lord, do all things. What's left after all? Nothing is left after all. God says, I do all things. I, he says, I make peace and I create evil. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says that all things were created for his pleasure. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 4 says, God has created all things for himself, even the wicked for the day of evil, even the wicked for the day of evil. And then Amos chapter three, verse six says, if there is a calamity in the city, will not the Lord have done it? If there is a calamity, Amos says, if there is a calamity in the city, will not the Lord have done it? So can anybody see where I'm going? Uh, because one thing that we don't want to do, because we know that we serve a good God, he's an awesome God, he's amazing, he's wonderful, he's full of wonders, but one thing that we never want to do is connect evil to God because we say that he's a good God. He's a holy God. And if he's holy, how can he be evil at the same time? Well, please understand, I'm going to teach you something about these words here in the scripture because one thing, a, a, a wonderful uh, privilege that we have in the kingdom of God, we always have the opportunity to make choices. And so you're going to find out that God, when he talks about creating evil, that he created evil, it may be something a little different than what you think. So the word evil comes from the Hebrew, Hebrew word ra. It can be, like I said, a moral evil. It can be a natural evil or it can be a supernatural evil. 
Now, in, in this word, uh, evil here in Isaiah chapter 45 means calamity, adversity, or affliction. Calamity, adversity, or affliction. Can anybody see calamity around us? Does anybody see uh, uh, adversity? Is anybody being afflicted by what we're going through right now? Now, so uh, we see this evil uh, throughout the Bible. We see it, remember, in Noah's flood. We see it in Sodom and Gomorrah. We see it in the plagues of Egypt. We see it in pestilence and famines and even earthquakes in the Bible. And so now this word create, because he said, I create this evil. I create this calamity. I create this adversity. Now, the word create there, listen to me, in verse 7 comes from the word bahra, which means to choose. Wait a minute. Bishop Smith, you're telling me that God is saying that he chose or he chose calamity, that he chose adversity when he said he created it. Yes, in essence, he's saying I chose it and I chose it for my purpose. And so now listen to what God told the prophet Jeremiah about his purpose, uh, even when they were in a Babylonian captivity. Uh, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. We know that's Jeremiah uh, chapter 29, verse 11. Another translation uh, says, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and future. Now listen to the Amplified Version. I love this. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, saith the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. God says that his future thoughts and his expected end are more impressive than your, they're more important than your present calamity. Let me say it again. God is saying, in essence, that his future thoughts, his future purpose are for you uh, um, and his expected end for you are more important than this present calamity or this present evil. And so what you're going through right now, God has an expected end for you, which is far more greater than what you're experiencing right now. And if we were to take all of our testimonies and look back on all of our lives, we would say, wait a minute, God had something set up for me that was much better than what I was going through. I don't want to go through anything that I've gone through that, that was related to or connected to evil in the past, but I'm glad that I went through it. I'm glad that God allowed me to grow through it because now I'm a better person than I was. God saw potential in me, but in order for me to get to his expected end for me in the future, I had to go through some calamity. I had to go through some affliction. I had to go through some adversity. Amen. Does, does anybody agree with that? Oftentimes it's hard and the pain that we're going through, we want it to be done with. We want it to be over. But at the same time, we realize that this must be a necessary evil in my life for God to get me where he needs me to go. Now, remember, when I say necessary evil, not necessary uh, evil as the world sees evil, but this may be a necessary physical uh, evil. It must be a calamity. It must be a crisis. It must be adversity that God will allow me to go through or grow through to get me closer to his purpose. Amen. Let's keep going. Is this good to anybody? Because it sure is good to me because it, it, it encourages me. To know that even in this pandemic, when we come through this, there's something greater on the other side. And so why does God use evil? Why does God use evil? Uh, the first reason I want to tell you is, is caught up in uh, the title of this message. God uses evil. Listen to me. He uses evil. 
Now listen to me. He won't tempt you with evil, but God would allow evil to help in his purpose. And so, number one, it is necessary. Why does God use evil? It is necessary. It is necessary. It is necessary for the greater good. It is necessary for the greater good. Now, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 to 11, 6 to 11, if you want to write that down, you don't have to turn to it if, it's, if you have your Bible. You don't have to turn there, but I want you to understand that it talks about the chastisement of God and how God chastises his children. And he chastises his children because he loves them. Amen? Anybody agree with that? And it says, now listen to me, if you uh, don't connect or embrace or receive the chastisement of God, it says that, is he really your father? Are you a bastard? Many of us, we want God to be our father, but we don't want correction. We don't want God to chastise us. And so we, we, we are rebellious in our living and we, we run away from chastisement and correction. And the scripture tells us in Hebrews uh, chapter 12, it says it calls those who are, are rebellious and run away from God bastards. Amen. And so, number one, it's necessary. Uh, evil, evil is necessary for uh, the greater good. Now, don't you run around saying this pastor was on, this bishop was on, on the Internet saying that God is evil. That's not what I'm saying. I said God, he will use evil. He will allow evil. He will choose evil for the greater good. Some of us, you please, I know you, you know me, we know one another. There are others who are out here who, unless God allows us to go through something hard, something painful, some adversity, some affliction, some calamity, some crisis. If we don't go through those things, God will never get our attention. Amen. And so, number one, why does God use, why does God anoint or ordain um evil in our lives, calamity in our lives, because it's necessary for the greater good. And then number two, listen to me, why does God use, why does he anoint, ordain uh, evil? Because it is, it gives us the choice between good and evil. Now the word, we find that word choice in Deuteronomy chapter 30, God says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life that you and your seed may live. God is always setting a choice before us. And he has chosen oftentimes in our lives to, to ordain evil or allow evil in our lives, just like he did uh, with Joel. He will allow evil in your life to get you to another place. And you have the choice to choose oftentimes between life and death, blessings and curses. And when you choose to curse, oftentimes that's when you see calamity show up in your life so that God can take you uh, closer to his purpose. And so Joshua chapter 24 is what I'm going to read as I conclude this podcast, this broadcast uh, today. I'm going to read uh, out of Joshua chapter 24 talking about the choice, talking about the choice. Now, I want to ask you before I read this, what choices are you making? Are you ready to go back to church? Are you ready to go back to church and do the same thing that you have been doing? You weren't one of those gossipers, were you? You weren't one of those complainers, were you? You weren't one of those entertainers and performers who did things out of the flesh every week, week by week, Sunday after Sunday, and you only went to church to be entertained by the flesh. Is this you? Is this what you want to get back to? Has this calamity, has this pandemic brought you closer to God? Has this pandemic... Uh, have, have make you want to yearn for a greater sense of fellowship. Amen. 
And so Joshua chapter 24, it, it talks about this choice between uh, good and evil. Why does God use uh, evil? Why does he ordain evil in our lives? Uh, one is for the necessary. It is necessary for the greater good. And two, it gives us a choice between good and evil. Joshua chapter 24, verse 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood, from the other side of the flood, and led him through out all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau, Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. There was a choice, but Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron and I plagued. Now notice he says here in Joshua chapter 24, God says, I plagued Egypt according to that which I did amongst them. And afterward, I brought you out. I plagued Egypt, but I also brought you out of Egypt. What has God plagued in your life, but also brought you out of? Now watch this. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers uh, with the chariots and the horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the Red Sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwell in the wilderness a long season, he says. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites which dwelt on the other side of Jordan and, and fought with you. And I gave them into your hand. Notice he said, I brought you into the land to fight with them. I took you to the fight. I brought you to the fight. And then I delivered them in your hand or I delivered victory to you in the fight that I brought you to. Isn't it something, Bishop Smith, are you saying that God will ordain fights? Yes, God will ordain adversity in your life and then bring you out of it or bring you out of it and bring you through it. And so here we go. It says, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore, he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And ye went over Jordan and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them all into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with the sword, nor with the bow. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you built not and you dwell on them of the vineyards and the olive yards, which you planted not do you eat of. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Hallelujah. He said, look at everything that I've done for you in the past. Look at how many things I brought you into. And then I brought you out of to show you my power that you may give me the glory. 
to show you my power that you may you might depend and trust on me and trust on my strong hand of deliverance. What has God done for you in the past? How many times has God delivered you just so that you would give him the glory? How many times has God brought you to something or through something so that you would begin to depend on him and have a greater trust uh, and reliance on who he is, on his delivering hand? And so it says, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Are you going back to your assembly to serve now? Are you going back into the highways and the byways now uh, that they are lifting up these social distancing laws and these uh, quarantine suggestions? Not all these things are being lifted. Are you going back to what you used to do? Now, do you have a greater platform for evangelism? Do you have a greater platform to testify and talk about the goodness of God? What are you going back to do? Are you going back into traditions of flesh, traditions of man, things that man made up to keep us bound, even in our own assemblies, in our own churches, a bunch of rules and regulations that no man can keep? Or now are you coming out of this thing and trusting on the grace and the mercy of God? I don't know about you, but as for me and mine, listen to what Joshua says. Praise the Lord. He says, and it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, God says, choose today. Make up your mind in the midst of this calamity, in the midst of this adversity, in the midst of this pandemic. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. He said, you can't, we know, the scripture tells us, Matthew, you can't serve uh, uh, God and mammon. Who will you serve? What are you going back to do now that this pandemic is, is, is being lifted now and the, the rules and the regulations in this pandemic are being lifted now? What are you going back to do? What are you about to do? Don't you rush past, listen to me, don't you rush past God to get back to church. Don't you rush past the altar to go back and serve in the church with filthy, unholy hands. It's time to repent. It's time to change. It's time to serve one God, the living God, and we can't serve mammon. Are you going back now just for money? Oh, glory to God. Listen to what Joshua says here. He says, but as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Bishop Smith. This is a necessary evil I just taught on. I pray that something encourages you, inspires you. It gives you something to think about. Whom will you serve? Are you serving God or mammon? What are you going back to? What are you going to do as we move forward out of this pandemic? God bless you. We'll see you on the other side. This is Bishop Smith with another Soul Food Nation podcast. Bye-bye.